Hey, welcome everyone who's watching online. We're so glad that you tuned in tonight. I'm sitting here with my friend, mentor, leader, John Bevere. Paul, it's so good to be with you. Come and on. you look great. I hey, love we're matching the a little bit. Hey, we're a little bit. Yeah. We're close. We're close. Yeah, Except we're you close. need more of a tan right there. Yeah. <laughs> so, first off, it's an honor to have you here. Um, it's always an honor to be here. But you know, we love having you here. Victory, Victory loves you. Victory is just like connected with you. You've been here how many years to the Victory Conference? This is number twenty. Twenty years. Twenty years in coming. a row. I've never done that anywhere else, any place in the world. I don't know if anyone has ever done that anywhere else. I actually was thinking quite about a bit about it today. Wow. Every single year at this time, I have been here with the family wow. of Victory. Come on. I have watched it go from the Maybe Center to where we were all wearing suits and we had statues, yeah. all the way to where it's progressed to be an amazing life-giving conference right now. Praise so God. I'm just, I'm thrilled about tonight. I've been watching what's been happening on social media. Sounds like TD Jakes, I mean, hit a grand slam last night. It was powerful. And then Jensen and yeah. my good friend Stephen Furtick. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been amazing. It's been, it's been so good. And tonight's gonna be even greater. We've been doing, um, each night we've been doing interviews about leadership. Uh, really talking to young leaders out there that are listening, watching, that have a desire to some write books. Come yeah. on, you're one of the greatest authors in the world. This was an awesome book, Killing Kryptonite. Um, some that are watching, listening, that feel called into ministry, pastoring, some that called in the business. So I've been asking each speaker just their thoughts on leadership, their story on learning to lead themselves in the arena that God called them to lead in. Give everyone out there, I mean, most people know you, but just a quick summary of how you started in ministry um, and how old you were when you got started, whether that was preaching or leading a youth group or speaking or writing a book. Well, I got saved in my college fraternity. Come so on. I was born and raised Catholic. Um, my fraternity brother saw that I was very religious, but I didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Wow. And when he said that to me, when Jesus came into my life, Paul, he filled something that I played varsity tennis at Purdue. I played Junior Davis Cup. I played the USTA circuit. I dated really pretty girls. Nothing could fill it, and my religion couldn't fill it when wow. he came into my life. So I think God really used that to birth in me a passion to see people have intimacy with God. Because the way my fraternity brother reached me, Paul, is he looked at me. Now, I'm really, you got to remember, I'm, I'm turning 60 next year. But he looked at me and he said, hey, can you tell me about the president of the United States? And I said, well, and this guy was a phenomenal athlete. So I said, sure, Jimmy Carter, his wife's Rosalind. He's a peanut farmer. He was the former governor of Alabama he's, or Georgia. And he said, oh, that's great. That's great. He said, can you tell me about Jesus? I went, well, yeah, I did all my Catholic stuff. Born of a virgin, had 12 apostles, died on a cross. He said, that's good. He said, do you know President Carter like you know your mother? And I, I just looked at him, I said, no. He said, w what's the difference? I said, well, I, I know my mom. He said, you know about President Carter, enough to tell me a lot about him, but you've never met him personally. I said, yeah. He said, do you know Jesus like you know your mother? And I sat there and looked at him and he said, John, and this guy, like, the girls used to fall head over in heels with this, this guy. He's, he's an unbelievable athlete. He's a godly man. He'd, he'd come to all our keggers and drink a seven up and just talk to everybody until they got so plastered, then he'd sneak out. But I, he looked at me and he said, God didn't create you yeah. because he wants you to be religious. 
And this is something every one of you have to really understand that the more vibrant you keep your relationship with Jesus, the more relative, the more relative you'll be. So if you, if you look at Jesus, he's very, very relevant to the people of his day, but he brought them up. He picked them up to a level that they desperately wanted and were crying out for. And we've got to remember, sometimes people aren't as vocal about what they're really desperate and crying out for. When you know the heart of God, you know the heart of people because why? God is the one who made us. So he knows what fixes us and he knows what breaks us. And so when you're sensitive to that, Jesus is, you know, talking to a woman who's married five times and he's having this conversation with her, but he knew exactly what she was looking for. And that to me is the greatest aspect of leadership is maintaining a very close, intimate relationship with Jesus. Because if we do, we're gonna influence the number one corporate executive in America, right down to the worker at Google, right over to a Marine that's getting ready to deploy. It doesn't matter what the walk of life is. It's all about being able to understand the needs of people. That's really good. How old were you when you wrote your first book? Huh. And what was the title of your first book? Okay, so it's interesting you're asking me that. Uh, the first book was written in 1991. 1991. It took me a full year to write it. And I t called it Victory in the Wilderness. Come on, Victory. Well, we did a podcast, Lisa and I, last year, two podcasts on the wilderness. And it was the most listened to podcast we've ever done. I mean, it was number two on iTunes. Joel Steen was one, Furtick was three, this one was two. Wow. Both of them. So Lisa and I looked at each other and I, I went back and I read this book and I thought, wow, it's a prophetic word for 80, for the late 80s, early 90s, but it really, a lot of it doesn't apply today. So we've pulled all the good truths out of it, plus there's 30 more years now of new truths, totally rewriting it. We're relaunching it in January. So actually the wow. very first book I wrote is actually going to be a brand new rewrite. It's not, we're not even going to say re-release and update it because it's such a different message. You're going to title it the same title? No, I'm going to call it God, Where Are You? Exclamation point, question mark. Come on. So, What's the key passage from that question? Well, the key... I mean, obviously there's a lot of characters that had that moment in the Bible. Well, everybody's going to have that moment if you're going to be successful. Yeah. God, I mean, where are you? God, where are you? Right. And if you look at Joseph, he gets the dream of leadership. Look what happens. You look at Moses. He tries to fulfill his call in his own strength at 40. He miserably fails. After 40 years, he's ready. We can go on and on to the Son of God. So yeah. the wilderness is when we cry out, God, where are you? You know, when you have a baby, you know, you just have a three-month-old right now. Yeah. Every little whimper, every little cry, Ashley's right there, right? Yeah. But then the day came with our first son that we had to let him grow up. So his mom used to spoon feed him. She was there for every whimper and cry. Now we're letting him feed himself. Well, half of his food, you know the story, is all over the floor, it's yeah. everywhere, it's flung on the wall. It's and insane. he's looking at us like, help me, <laughs> yeah. but we're not moving, why? Because we didn't want to be spoon feeding Addison when he was 18 years old. Yeah. So God, in order to get us to mature, because why do we want to mature? Lisa and I just bought a dog, right? So her name Just is Lexi. I dog. know, I know. I said to Lisa, what in the <laughs> world? And she goes, I said, will you tell me the wisdom of this decision? She goes, she sits down, looks at me with those big brown eyes. She goes, John, there's no wisdom. It's my heart. What am I supposed to say that, Paul? So here's John and Lisa who are gone 180 days a year yeah. with a new dog. But anyway, you know, I'm really, I'm really getting to like this dog. But you know what's really frustrating to me? I can't have a communication with that dog. I, I want to talk to this dog. 
okay? But I can't. And, you know, I look at my, my, my kids when they were three years old. I was a little frustrated because I wanted a conversation. Now that my sons are in their 20s and 30s, I love the conversations we have. So God doesn't want us to remain kids where he can't have a very intelligent conversation with us. Yeah. He wants us to be mature. Wow. And the wilderness is what does that. That is so good. I'm excited for that. I am I too. Like I, all your books. I've been editing it for the last three days and it's all I'm doing. I mean, literally while we're driving to the airport today, I'm editing the book while Arden's driving. But I'm so excited about this book because it's going to answer so many questions for a lot of, lot of especially millennials, I believe, yeah. that are like, God, I don't understand. Where are you? What have I done? Yeah. You know, 99.9% .9 chance you haven't committed any sin. It's just God saying, I'm letting you grow up. It's interesting because I started this week the conference. I preached on Sunday a message similar to that question on Elijah, uh, 1 Kings 19, when he ran into the wilderness and said, God, basically, where are you? I'm done. Take my life. I'm no better than my dead ancestors. So it's interesting because I feel like there's a lot of people that just need encouragement. They need hope in the wilderness. They need direction for what's next. Um, and if there is a next, or if this wilderness is going to kill them, or whatever it is that they're walking through. Every season has a purpose. Yeah. Every season has a purpose, right? Can you imagine a guy, he's, on, he's got his whole snow gear on, he's got a snowboard, right? And he's going up the gondola, and he jumps up the gondola only to fall on his face. Mm. Why do he do that? Because it's summertime, there was no snow. So there is behavior in the wrong season that gives us a wrong output. The children of Israel didn't realize when they went in for that, just that one year, that it was the season that God wanted to mature them and grow them and get them ready to be great warriors. They missed their season. They behaved incorrectly. A lot of people behave incorrectly in the dry times of their life when in that season, when it seems like God is not really working in your life, that's when you're actually growing the most. Do you know 90% of what I preach out of and write on have happened in very dry, tough times in my life? Wow. Wow. Come on. It's going to be so good. All right. I'm going to change the conversation for a okay. second. All right. Um, how many kids you got? Four sons, four grandchildren. And two of your sons just got engaged. Two of them within four days of each other. And then you had another son who faked an engagement. Yes, he did. And he got 4,000 followers on Instagram <laughs> in 24 hours with that Come video. Come on. It was worth the fake it engagement to hilarious. a rock statue. That was hilarious. I literally just saw it, but I had heard about it. My wife was telling me about it. So funny. Um, and how many grandkids? Four. You call them G-babies, though. G-babies. G-babies. Now, this year, you and Lisa both came to conference. You're speaking tonight. She's speaking tomorrow. Right. It's been a while since both of you have come. You guys travel a lot, right? You guys are both speaking, yeah. writing books. What advice would you give out there uh, for people who feel like they're called with their spouse in some way to do ministry? They feel like maybe it's called on both of them to do something. How have you and Lisa learned that rhythm of allowing both of each other to thrive in ministry, uh, but also, you know, being able to support each other and then being at different places at different times, the balance of all of that, and raising kids. Well, first of all, you have to respect what God has called each of you to do. And you have to realize that there will be times that God will have you minister together. But oftentimes, there'll be times that he'll have one of you going one way and another of you going another way. Yeah. That's not necessarily a bad thing. I had people, pastors, that warned me. They said, don't let Lisa minister, not with the way you travel, 
your marriage is going to be wow. come to a really bad place. Well, our marriage in 36 years now has never, ever been stronger or better. Yet, often, we're going to different places. I mean, just recently, I text Lisa and I said, well, it was about a year or so ago. I said, hey, babe, where's the Tivana in DFW? And she goes, what? You're in DFW? I said, yeah. She said, I'm in DFW. I said, you're <laughs> kidding me. Let's have a date. Come on. So we both went to Divana before they closed, and we had tea together. It was so fun. That's hilarious. But we, we have learned that we really, really maximize and enjoy our time together. Yeah. And that when we're separate, we just really focus on what we're called to do. Yeah. Knowing that God... God will bless our time together. Now, we make being together a priority. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes it's all about relativity. Yeah. I mean, I look at uh, servicemen that come up to my table and they're deployed for a year. Yeah. And I'm thinking that's nothing compared to my three days away from Lisa. Right. So it is all relevant. And so you just have to realize that, hey, God is always going to multiply back your time to you. But support each other. Believe in each other. You know, that is so important. If, if men would understand that there is such a unique gift that God has placed in his wife. And yes, there was a season where Lisa said, I'm going to put that gift on the side and I'm going to raise our sons. I'm so glad she did. But when that time came, when our kids were in high school, our youngest was in high school, she was like, John, there's something in my life. And I was like, baby, go, 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 go. And now I watch what God has done. Yeah. I mean, she is touching women all over the world. And I rejoice because I realize every person she touches, I, get, I, I touch Come on. because we're one. It's a, it's a, double, it's a double whammy. Hey, um, okay, another random question for you. Top three favorite movies? Okay, that's tough. So are we going serious ones or fun ones? It could be. Let's it, go serious for a sec. Serious Les Mis with Liam Neeson is probably mm, my favorite movie ever. All right. Uh, next would be, it's a really old one called, um, it was with Charlton Heston and Sophia Loren. It was El Cid. It was about the greatest Never night of Spain it. to ever live. I know hardly anybody's ever seen it. Third one, as far as real motivating and serious, would have to be Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge yes, is good. Yes, unbelievable. And then as far as fun ones. Fun, yeah. Th th these are my fun ones. Sahara. If you like Sahara. I love Sahara. That was a quirky one. It was good, though. Well, uh, and I like the Star Wars uh, or the Star Trek movies, the first two, not the third, but the first two. Those would be my fun Those movies. Those are good ones. Yeah. Hey, um, thank you so much. Thank you for coming. Thank you 20 years you've been coming to this conference. It's an honor. Thank you for being a friend, being a leader. For people out there that, that want to connect you. with you. I am proud of you. I'm your uncle. Come on. You, you know are. that. You are. And um, I just want you to know that Lisa and I think the world of you and Ashley. Thank, Thank you. you so much for we what you're doing. We think the world of y'all. And that's why we have you guys back. That's why we want you here. And uh, we feel that. We feel that kindred spirit. We felt when we stepped in as pastors that you and Lisa, but you specifically with me, would be a spiritual covering for me. And I remember asking you about four and a half years ago when my mom was passing the baton, I said, would you be in my life just as a covering in some way, as a mentor, as someone that I can look to and talk to when I'm going through things? Every pastor needs that. And you've been that for me, and, and I really appreciate it. And Lisa's been that for Ashley at different times where she's been able to call her and talk to her and ask her thoughts about things that we walk through. So 
Thank you. We want to stay that way with you guys. We love y'all. Because let me tell you, your about your best years are just ahead of you. I mean, just ahead. it's going to start escalating for you and Ashley. I really felt that today. Uh, three is there's something about three years, and you. I think it was three years ago, right? Right about now, you 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 took the helm here, and I have felt like God is doing something very special and preparing a groundwork. It's it's almost like this is what I was thinking about you today, when I used to live in Dallas. They went down and down and down and built a foundation, and then all of a sudden the building started rising and it rose fast. That foundation time, God has done a great work and is about coming to a close, and the building's about to go up, and it's going to go up fast. I really sense that you're about to see a shift, a really powerful shift in this, in this ministry. I receive it in Jesus' name. Yep. Well, we're sensing it this week, and uh, I know we got to get out there because you're about to speak. Yeah, it is that Everyone, time. Everyone, thank you for watching. Stay tuned online. Also, you can find all of the resources at messengerinternational.org. Org. Messengerinternational.org, and uh, just type on Google, John Bevere. You'll get all your stuff that you need right there. Love you so much. God bless you. Your best days are in front of you.